So we've been talking the last few weeks um, about the battle belongs to the Lord. So that's the series I'm on. So today's one is called The Battle Belongs to the Lord, Part 3. It's a very imaginative title. <laughs> so no, it's just Part 3 of The Battle Belongs to the Lord. Um, hopefully the scriptures will be on screen. We've had a bit of an issue, you might know, so a bit of an issue with the projectors today, which is outside our control. That's why the words kept <laughs> appearing, disappearing, changing size, all sorts of things. So thank you, <laughs> those on the sound and media team, for making those things um, function as best you could. Okay, so that hopefully the scriptures will appear on the screen. So anyway, we're talking about the battle belongs to the Lord. And um, so a couple of weeks ago, we looked at Jonathan and his armor bearer and an account that's in 1 Samuel and the great victory that takes place against the Philistines and just the way Jonathan just operated in faith. Um, and then how the issue with the Philistines comes up again later, keeps on coming up over and over again. Um, and we looked at the very famous story of David and Goliath uh, last, last week, recorded in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 17, and we looked at giants that we may be facing. We don't face physical giants in the same way that the Israelites were, um, but we do very much face spiritual giants in life, and there could be a whole lot of things. You know, there could be health issues, there could be a marriage issue, it could be a job situation, it could be all sorts of just stuff going on in your family, it could be all sorts of things. They're, they're giants um, that we're facing, and, and about how David dealt with the giant of Goliath, how anyone could have done what David did, but David was the, the man that stepped up. And we looked at two different different points, main, the two main points. that Firstly, David had a cl- close relationship with God and knew his character. David had been a shepherd boy. He'd been out under the stars, and he'd been out getting a revelation of who God was. And, and God had also rescued him a whole number of times. At that time in Israel, there were lions and bears, which I presume don't even, other than zoos, don't, don't exist in Israel anymore. Um, I think even we had bears, didn't we, in Britain, I think? Bears and wolves and other things, but they've all been, obviously been hunted to extinction many hundreds of years ago. Anyway... So they had lions and bears in Israel at the time the Bible was written, the Old Testament was written. And then the way that God would rescue David and the way that David would well, basically scare away, beat up the lion, whatever he did, in order to make it go away, in order to protect his sheep. So David, all through that kind of whole process, he'd been developing a close relationship with God. He knew God and he knew his character. And this is a challenge for us is do we know God and do we know his character in the giants that we're facing? And the second thing we learned from David is David refused to give in to fear. And he chose to take Goliath on with his first faith, sorry, for his faith firmly in God and his character. So because he knew God and knew his character, he could look the giant in the eye. Anyone could have done this. Any of the other Israelites could have done this, but David did it. He, he was the one that stood up to the plate, knowing who God was, look the giant in the eye and say, you are not going to win. I'm going to defeat you because God is on my side. The battle belongs, David quotes that, the battle belongs to the Lord. Okay, and the effect of both of those is obviously a great victory happens. And um, a lot of the Philistines are routed and Goliath dies and um, there's a, a great victory takes place. Okay? So God used David, but ultimately it's God's battle. And this is all about the battle belongs to the Lord. God will use us, absolutely. Now, God, of course, God doesn't need to use people. He can do things however he wants and he doesn't need, he doesn't need our help. Everyone agree, right? God doesn't need anything from us. But he chooses to use human beings. Okay? In order to you know, fulfill his purposes on the earth. And God used David and God wants to use us, but ultimately the battle is God's. I'm only glad about that, right? <laughs> ultimately it's not our battle, it's God's battle. But I want to move on to uh, chapter 18. I'm not necessarily going to go through this chapter by chapter, okay? But just, just some other thoughts I want to draw um, out of what's going on here and take a bit of a different angle um, on it today, as time allows. So this is 1 Samuel 18. So this is the following chapter straight after David and Goliath. Goliath's head's been cut off at the... Israel, uh, sorry, the Philistines have run away. The Israelites have routed them. And it says in the following chapter, 
1 Samuel 18, verses 6 to 8. It says this. When the men were returning home after David... Is it on screen? I don't know. It might appear. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with timbrels and lyres. As they danced, that's lyres, the instrument. I don't mean people who were lying. <laughs> timbrels and lyres, L-Y-R-E-S. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Saul, so Saul the king, had an angry response. Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? Now, there was some truth into that because King David, uh, sorry, David ends up becoming the king, of course. Later, he'd been God's uh, anointed for that purpose and ends up happening later. But anyway, what more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. Okay, so I want to draw some, uh, just draw some stuff out of this because I believe it's important for us to talk about these things. So, so this is straight after David and Goliath, and then in celebration, Israelites, all the Israelite ladies, it says in this, they kind of come out with tambourines and with lyres, which were like guitars, or their version of guitars in those, that day and age. And, and they were dancing and they were singing about Saul has slain his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. We're celebrating this great victory that had taken place over Goliath. And Saul was basically not happy. <laughs> was not happy that maybe not happy he wasn't getting the glory, or not happy because he just felt undermined. Or maybe Saul just had self-esteem issues. I think there's a whole load of stuff that could have been going on there. But he was not happy with, with, this, with this song that was being sung. Basically saying that David was almost like all the way Saul was interpreting was that David was a better man. And I don't think that was the intention of why they were singing it. They were, just, they were singing it as a celebration of the, what the, God, the great things that God had done. So there's a whole load of root issues that may have been going on here. But ultimately the root issue here was jealousy, wasn't it? The root issue here is jealousy. Saul was not okay with the fact that David was getting all the credit for this great, uh, with this great victory. And obviously, ultimately, God gets the glory. But Saul was not okay with David getting credit. And people saying, yeah, Saul, uh, David slayed his ten thousands, but Saul only his thousands. He was not okay with that. So he, Saul was jealous of the amazing victory that had taken place. Or maybe, you know, just think, why couldn't he have had that same victory? The reality is he actually could have had the same victory, couldn't he? You know, Saul, Dave, David, in the story of David and Goliath we looked at last week, David goes to Saul and, and Saul tries to get him to wear his armor and David's like, it's too heavy. And then Saul tries to dissuade him from going to fight Goliath. Saul could have been done it all himself, couldn't he, as a king and led by example on it, but he didn't. But maybe he's now thinking in this context, why couldn't he have had the same victory? He, he became jealous of the celebration that was taking place because of this amazing victory over Goliath. Now, the reality is that Saul should have been celebrating that victory too, right? As, as, as the king and leading by example, he should have been celebrating that victory. A great victory had taken place across the Philistines. This guy, Goliath, this nine-foot guy who had been goading him day after day after day, every morning and every evening for weeks and months, was, was now dead. It's kind of the figurehead that the Philistines had. Saul should have been celebrating that victory, right? Everyone agree, right? So the, now I want to bring some stuff out of us uh, this afternoon is how would we have reacted if we'd been in Saul's position? How would we have reacted? If you can kind of put yourself in Saul's shoes, if you can put yourself in the shoes of an Israelite king from thousands of years ago, okay? put yourself in his shoes, how would we have reacted in that situation? We're, we're there, we're, we're the king, like kind of the top dog, as it was in those, in those days where the king kind of had all the authority and all the power, and where people were kind of giving, giving um, kind of all the respect to David. It's kind of this, this shepherd boy who's come out of nowhere, killed, killed this giant. And how would we have felt in that situation? I think it's an interesting question. 
So, remember this series is a battle belongs to the Lord and, and he is fighting for us. The ultimate is about God getting the glory. You know, 1 Samuel 17, 47, we looked at this last week. It's David himself says this, all those gathered here, just before he kills Goliath, all those gathered here will know that it's not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. So David knew that it was God that deserved all the glory. So remember, this is a, it's really important to uh, come from, always from that starting point that the battle belongs to the Lord. And that's what David fully understood. So that we, we know that that's a reality, but how would we have reacted in Saul's situation? I think there's some big, big questions there. Now, what I, so what I want to draw out of this, okay, and this is what's important to say, is how do we react as believers? How do we react when someone has a victory over a giant that they've been facing? How do we react when, when someone has that? Now, what I mean, but they may be thinking, well, it's obvious. We, we would celebrate. We'd say, that's great. That's, that's amazing. That's awesome. But, uh, you know, we're a church that always talks about real things, and I think that's important. We talk about reality and reality of things that we face. And, and so what the context of what I want to bring out this afternoon is how do we react when someone defeats a giant or sees a great victory over a giant when it's a very similar giant to what we've been facing, and we have not seen that victory yet? These are very real things. <laughs> I've seen this, observed it, felt it myself. Well, how do we feel? How do, how do we feel when someone comes up with a great testimony and we're in the same situation? Maybe there's something we're believing for healing-wise and someone comes up and, and, and says about this great testimony of healing that, that they've had in their life and we've got a very similar situation or maybe a more serious situation in a physical sense and we've been believing for ages and we haven't had that healing yet. How do we feel? Let's be real about this stuff. Sometimes people can, this is how people can react and think, well, what about me, God? great, awesome, I'm so happy for them, I'm genuinely really, really happy for them, I'm ecstatic, brilliant, that's awesome, God, I'm so thankful for what you've done, but, but what about me? It can genuinely, it can stir stuff up in us, can't it? So we have to be real about this stuff, about how is the, what is the right way of responding. So we're getting through this quick, because time's, time's going. It's already four o'clock. So here's an example of that. So, you may, so you've been believing for months and years for a new job. So this might be the giant you've been facing. You may be in a job that you don't really like. You kind of think, God, there must be something else. It doesn't pay very well. They treat me like dirt. The boss isn't great. Um, and you think, God, there must be something better for me, a job that's going to have more fulfillment, because um, that's really important as well in a job, isn't it? Not just about pay. It's about a job that you enjoy and brings satisfaction, etc. So, God, please, going to have a better job. There must be something else for me. There must be something else that's going to have better pay and more fulfillment. And then, and then someone else in the church who's in a similar, a similar position as you, and they've been believing for this, but maybe just believing for it for a matter of weeks. And then they come on stage and they, they share their testimony about how God's given this amazing job and, and this giant that they face, and they've looked in the eyes and they said this giant is going to be defeated just like, just like David has said. And he said, the battle is the Lord's, and he's going to give that job into my hands, and this giant is going to be defeated in Jesus' name. And they give this great testimony. It can stir things up in us, can't it? Let's be real about this stuff. We don't have to pretend that, that these things don't happen. Was it just me? I don't know. Okay. It's just, it's just me then. Okay. Okay. Great. Awesome. <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't know. But, but generally, what would our reaction be? Because this is going to stir real stuff up in us, can't it? What would our reaction be in that situation? And what should our reaction be? You know, like Saul, he had a big choice to make here. Whether he was going to celebrate David's victory and this amazing thing that God had done and celebrate who this, who this guy was, but because of his self-esteem issues or because he was worried David was going to take the throne, which obviously was a, it did end up becoming a reality. But it just made him angry out of jealousy. And I just think that's just so, so sad when it's just, just been this huge celebration for the Israelites. And Saul, Saul could have just been, he could have been a great mentor to David, couldn't he? 
even if he understood that, this, that, Dave, that Dave was God's guy, eventually it was going to be God's guy, he could have been a great mentor to him, couldn't he? And it helped him to understand what it, what it is to be a good king and all that kind of stuff. It could have, could have trained him up and taken him under his wing. But no, the way he responded was out of total jealousy. Well, that's all right for you, but, but what about me? And these, these can be very real issues, can't they, in our lives. And I believe we have to confront this stuff and, and allow God to change us and, and, and help us. You know, social media is interesting, isn't it, in, in lots of different ways. <laughs> what do you say? Yeah, lots of different ways. Social media is, is a, a very interesting thing. Um, I'm not anti-social social media. I don't use social media tons myself, but I'm not, like, anti it in any way. And, and there's lots of good stuff that comes out of it as well. Um, I think it's debatable whether it's made the world, world a better place overall. I think that's highly debatable. You could argue about that, about the Internet in general. Actually, has it made the world a better place? I don't, I don't know how to answer that, actually. You know, if you kind of take things on balance, I don't know. But there's a lot happens in social media, isn't there? And I know this is real pressure, especially at younger people who've kind of grown up with social media, the Instagram generation. They're not on Facebook. Facebook is, that's what the oldies, their parents are on. <laughs> parents are on Facebook, they never go on that. Um, this is what I've learned about having teenagers. Anyway, but, you know, a lot has changed in the last 15 years. 15 years ago, this stuff didn't even exist. You kind of forget this stuff, don't you? You kind of think, what did we used to do before YouTube? What did we do before someone could stick their photos of their holiday on Facebook? How, what, what did they do? <laughs> Generally, how did you let people know? If, I don't know whether they need to know or not all the time. But <laughs> how did you let people know what, you, what you're up to or what, or what you're doing? And we kind of forget that. And the world has you know, massively changed in, like, the last um, uh, 15 years. And one of the things that social media has brought up, and like I said, I'm not anti-social media, so don't take that away. And stuff, and as a church, of course, we use social media and stuff to let people know about things going on, and things like Fun Day and stuff. It's great for promoting stuff like that, and letting people know about things. Anyway, but one of the huge problems with social media, Instagram, I would say in particular, but this is true of all social media, is it's the danger of comparing yourself with others. It is a huge, huge problem. It is a huge, huge problem. And and coming back to the context, of what we're talking about today. It's how do we, if you see, if you do use social media, how do you feel about when someone else is talking about how great their life is and how great these victories they've had and look at all these amazing things and they've got a new car and they've got a new job and a, and a new house with a picket fence and, you know, and all this amazing stuff that's happened in their life. You know, and maybe in your own life you're, you're struggling and finding stuff tough and thinking, yeah, well, it's all right for them, yeah, but what about, what about me? How, how do we respond? How do we respond to that? Do we celebrate with them, giving God the glory? Or, or are we introspective, thinking about, well, why haven't I seen any great victories? These are, these are big questions, interesting questions, I think, to ask ourselves. How do we react when we see that? And social media is one of the big issues with it. Like I said, it is, it's the danger of comparing yourself to other people, isn't it? Look at these amazing photos and these amazing holidays. And, think, well, that, that, and, and sometimes we can forget that people have taken like a thousand photos and chosen one. <laughs> some, some, you know, sadly, that's what some people will do. We'll spend hours and hours and hours just choosing their best photo and you know, stick a hashtag on it, like you know, living my best life. <laughs> Me and Elisa have talked about this quite a lot. Um, you know, that's what people do. Whether it's a good use of time is a whole other <laughs> kind of conversation. But that's what people do. But it, it can be so easy, kind of, just to compare ourselves. Think, well, look at that. Well, look at that. Well, they're having an amazing time. And when in a Christian, and that could be an issue just, just generally, just looking at what people say in society about how they're just having these amazing lives that they're living. But for us as, as Christians, or when it's another Christian just sharing about what God's done in their life, how do, how do we feel and how do we react? So I believe God wants us to react right. Amen? 
So let's look at what Scripture says about this stuff. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 3 and 4. I've only got 10 minutes, right? Here we go. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 3 and 4. Paul says this to the church in Corinth. You are still worldly. Always to the point, Paul. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos. Are you not mere human beings? So what's happening in this context is that there were some people who were saying, yeah, Paul, he's this amazing guy. I follow him. And some other people were saying, Apollos, he's this amazing Christian leader, this amazing spiritual leader. I, I follow him. And Paul was like, this is, this is ridiculous. We're, like, we're all on the same team here. This is, this is insane. What are you doing? Because people were literally getting jealous of who was the best leader. Is it Paul or is it Apollos? So they were comparing each other. You know, the reality is, why could not the victories of both Paul and Apollos be celebrated? Well, they could have been, right? But that isn't what was happening here. People were getting jealous of each other. And Paul was, deals with this head on, as Paul always does. It's like, you're acting like mere humans. So you not understand who you actually are. This might be what society does, but this is not you. You know, the reality is, we are not mere humans. Does everyone know that, right? We're not mere humans. Sometimes we need to, I think, just look, um, you know, almost like talk to ourselves in the mirror and remind yourself we're not just mere human beings. Amen. We, we are supernatural beings. We're, we're full of the Holy Spirit. It's not God's intention for us to live like unsaved people who don't know any better. And that's the reality. They don't know any better. They're just doing what they do. And if we didn't know God, we'd probably be doing the same thing. That's the reality. But we're supernatural beings full of the Holy Spirit. I'm only glad about that. I mean, we're not mere humans. So, how, so we can react right. And we can celebrate others. And, and, and we can learn patience. And there may be a reason why someone's got a blessing uh, before us. But does it, does it really matter? Because what we should just be doing is celebrating their blessing. And we'll stay patient in our blessing. And, we'll, and, and others will stand with us. And we'll know that others are going to stand with us. And we'll continue, we'll continue to believe for, for the promise to be fulfilled in your life. And I can't answer as a pastor. But for some people it's quicker, quicker than others. I can't answer that. Only, only God knows the answers to some of these questions. And, and maybe you need to ask God those questions. You know, if there's something you're struggling with and thinking, yeah, but what, what, this is all great for them, but what about me? Amen? Paul says this in, to the church in Philippi, Philippians 2, verse 3 to 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. To, to value others above ourselves. So if, if this is an issue that you, you struggle with, and you don't need to put your hand up and say, that's me, but, but, but to be real with yourself this morning, if this is something the way you struggle with, and you think, well, it's, it's all right, Jack. Look at them with their little... These are very rough, just, just for Christians. We're not going to pretend we don't ever have these conversations in our head. Look at them over there. They've got a perfect little family, perfect little job. All their finances are great. You know, all, their, all their children are serving God. You know, we, can, we can think this stuff. Let's just be real. And it was a pretend, well, oh, no, we can't ever think of that. That's unspiritual, that's unholy. These are very real things that Christians, <laughs> Christians can think, right? It's all right for them over there. They've just got everything right, everything sorted. They don't seem to have any, any challenges, which may not be a reality because you may not necessarily know if they have any challenges. But, but they don't have any challenges. Every, everything's easy, everything's straightforward. They've got, they got all that they need. And it can stir up stuff in us, thinking that maybe we haven't done things that we should have done or, um, you know, it can stir up self-esteem issues in us. But it doesn't mean to say that God's forgotten about you as well. God has not forgotten about you. God does not have favorites. Remember, the Bible says that, of course, we should always be responding to faith. And God loves faith, responds to faith. We know that's a reality. But God does not have favorites. The Bible says he's no respecter of persons. He's not favoring one person over another. Amen? As long as we're reaching out and crying out in faith 
towards him and believing him, you know, to see our giants, our giants defeated in Jesus' name. Amen. Such be people who value others above ourselves. When someone has a great, great testimony, let's celebrate that testimony. Let's be, a, let's be a church that's always celebrating what's going on in other people's lives. Let's excited about what God's doing in people's lives. Just passionate about what's going on in people's lives. We don't want to ever be a, a body of believers that are introspective or thinking everything is just about us. Because everything isn't just about us. We matter because we matter to God. Absolutely. But everything isn't just about us. It's about, it's about all of us. Amen. You know, Jesus is always our perfect example as he is, as he is in everything. In the Philippians 2, verse 3 to 4, that we've just read, where it says about valuing others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you the interests of others. Straight on to the next verse. Very well known, this, these few verses. So skipping on to verse 5, Philippians 2, 5. In your relationships with, what, with one another, so this is, what, this is what Paul was saying, this is how to work out your relationships with each other. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And that's amazing, isn't it? Because that's what Jesus has done for us, amen? He humbled himself into death on a cross. And, that, and that's brilliant. But what Paul was also saying, as well as that being amazing what Jesus has done for us, but he's also making the point of this is the example of how we, we respond to others. Just in the way that Jesus made himself nothing, he took the very nature of a servant. This is, how we, this is how in humility we value others above ourselves. This is what it actually looks like. It looks like Jesus. This is what he did. Amen. So as we bring this to a close, and I've gone through this quick because we have to finish on time because <laughs> of kids' church, etc. Okay. So if this is challenging you this morning, firstly, good, because that's what the Word of God should do. Amen. It you know, teaches, corrects us, trains us, and rebukes us. That's what 1 Timothy 3, um, 16, uh, 16 and 17 say. That's what the scripture should do, right? It's challenging you. Great. That's exactly the word of God is doing its job, right? But let's, be a pe- let's always be a church. Let's always be a, a family of people who always celebrate each other's victories. When a great thing's happened in someone's world, when they've seen a giant defeated, let's never ever respond like Saul because that would never be God's heart for us. But just to celebrate what God has done, to celebrate the, the giant that has been defeated in their life. Even there's giants that we're still believing for and we haven't seen defeated yet and we don't understand why, let's celebrate other people's victories. Amen? Let's be, it's just four things to mention. Let's, let's be a church where we don't ever compare ourselves with each other. As I said about the dangers of social media and, and, and the dangers of that happening and just, just in life generally. God, God is not asking you to be, this is really important to say, God is not asking you to be somebody else. He's asking you to be you. And the person that he created you to be, the, the person he's, he's purposed you to be, the woman or man of God that he created you to be and destined you to be. That's what he's asking you to be, amen? He's not asking you to be somebody else, not the person, the person sat next to you. You don't, have to, you don't have to be them. There's never be a body of people that compare ourselves with each other. It's not God's heart for us. There's always be a church who always stand with and support those who haven't seen their victory yet. I know there are people sat right here right now and there's giants in, in, in your life and giants that you've been facing and some of you have been facing them for years and you haven't seen their victory yet. Let's just get around those people. Stand with them. Support them. Love on them. Pray for them. Amen. And believe with them to see those giants defeated in Jesus' name. Amen. Those who believe for their children to come back to God. Those who believe for their spouses to be saved. Those who believe, believe for healing. Those who believe to see a, like a job change as I talked about earlier. 
those who just, just need a whole financial change, maybe need a change in their marriage, whatever the situation may be, let's stand with them, amen, and believe for great victories in our life. And ultimately, number four, let's always be a church where God always gets the glory. Because in, in any victory, in any testimony, when someone comes on stage and says about the great things that, that God's done in their life, that, that, that's awesome, but it's about God getting the glory, ultimately, amen. If people are getting the glory, something's going wrong somewhere. It should be God that always gets the glory because the battle belongs to him. Amen? And David, David knew that. He, he gave God all the glory. He knew it was, he knew it was all about God. He, he had responded in faith, yes, but it was all about God and what God had done. Remember, the supernatural is God adding his super to our natural. We do the natural bit. We, we step out in faith, but we trust God, and God does the super bit. Could David have defeated the giant on his own? Absolutely not, right? It was a supernatural event that took place. Amen. So let's be a church who always celebrate each other's victories, where we don't ever compare ourselves with each other, that we stand with and support those who haven't seen their victories yet. And let's be a church where God always gets the glory. In every single victory, the glory always goes to God. It doesn't go to, doesn't go to me or Wendy. It doesn't go to the church. It doesn't go to any individuals. It goes to God himself. Amen. Because the battle belongs to him. And the victories belong to him. Amen. Let's just stand this afternoon. Praise God. Praise God. Time's already going. We'll, we'll pray. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that every battle belongs to you. Lord, you are the only one that deserves any glory. Lord, the way you add your super to our natural and we, we respond in faith and like David did, Lord, God, we can get to know you better and to understand more of your heart and have a revelation of who you are and we can step out in faith. Lord, and that's the natural bit, Lord, that we can do, Lord, but you do the super bit. You do the super, you add the super to our natural, Lord God. And, and Lord, Lord, we know only you deserve the glory. Lord, and in this context of this, this, this passage, we, Lord, we've read about the way that Saul reacted to David. Lord, it's sad just the way he reacted when he could have just been celebrating along with a great victory. But because of his own self-esteem issues or his own self-worth or, or just he was just comparing himself, he didn't respond in the way he should. And I pray that it would never be true about us as a church, Lord God. Lord, that we always respond right. We'll celebrate each other's victories, Lord God. Lord, we just be excited about what's going on in our church family. Lord God. Lord, as Paul says, Lord, we're one body in many parts. Lord, when, when one when part celebrates, Lord, we all celebrate. And when one, one part hurts, we all hurt. Lord God, may that just be such a truth, Lord, in our, in our church. Lord, we don't compare ourselves with each other. Lord God, and we just stand with all those, Lord, that are still facing the giants. We thank you for those, Lord, that have seen, Lord, great victories and seen those giants defeated and things they've been believing for in their lives. Lord, but we just stand as our church family, Lord, we stand with those who haven't seen those giants defeated yet. Lord God, and we just believe with them. Lord, we stand with them. Lord, whatever the giant may be. Lord, for those who love believing for their children to come back to you. Lord, for those who believe for their spouses. Lord, for those who need financial breakthroughs. Lord God, for those who need changing jobs. Lord, for those who need health breakthroughs. Lord, whatever it may be, Lord, we just stand with them, Lord God. Lord, we say that we're behind them. Lord, we are with them. Lord God, we believe in for victory with them. We believe for those giants, Lord, to be defeated in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we believe in, Lord, the battle belongs to you. And there is going to be victory, Lord God. Lord, and we thank you for every victory, Lord, we hear about in people's lives. Thank you, God. Lord, may we always celebrate them, Lord God. Lord, you're such an amazing, amazing, amazing God. Lord, and if there's stuff you need to convict in us, if we do compare ourselves to others, if we do think can get a bit woe is me, and think well, that's great for them, what about me? 
That's great for their family. What about my family? And Lord, you know, Lord, we can't pull the wool over your eyes. You know what's in our hearts anyway. Lord, we can't pretend and put on a facade because you know what's there anyway, what's deep-rooted. And I pray, Lord, if that's, if that's us, and, and, it, and it's quite possibly all of us, Lord, have been there at some point, you just deal with whatever you need to deal with, oh God. Lord, may we always be so right-hearted, Lord, towards others, celebrate each other's victories, even if we haven't seen our victory yet, oh God. We'll just be so passionate about and excited for what you're doing in people's lives, Lord God. And we'll continue to believe, Lord, for those victories, Lord, in our own lives, and those giants to be defeated in Jesus' name. Lord, forgive us, Lord, convict us, do whatever you need to do in us. Lord, we just want you to get all the glory. It's such an amazing God. Help us not to compare ourselves with others. Lord, just to live out who you've called us to be. Not, Lord, you haven't called us to be somebody else other, other than Jesus himself. You've called us to be like Jesus, but you haven't called us to be like another human being. Oh, God, may we not compare ourselves or, or go, go down that road. Thank you, Lord God. Just help us to be the men and women of God, Lord, that you've called us and destined and purposed us to be. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. God is good. So, um, time's gone. So, if you've got kids out in kids' church, please go and collect them straight away. Um, Ignition kids will be brought back in here for you to sign them out. Um, Enjoy this. I think the sun's out. Sort of shining, I think. Back out now. So, enjoy the rest of your day. And don't forget, we're here. It's normal next Sunday, but in two weeks' time, we're meeting down at Leap at midday. So, that'd that'd be awesome. Have a very blessed week. See you soon. Thank you.